All right, welcome back, everybody. Today, I'm going to be talking about idealism uh, and pragmatism and some of the dangers associated with both of those. I hear a lot of people talking these days about idealism and the dangers of being an idealist and how they prefer to be pragmatists rooted in the real world. So first things first, let's define our terms here. Uh, Webster's Online defines idealism as a theory that ultimate reality lies in a realm transcending phenomena, a theory that the essential nature of reality lies in consciousness or reason, a theory that only the perceptible is real, or a theory that only mental states or entities are knowable. Probably more relevant to the discussions I see playing out is the definition of idealist, which is one guided by ideals, especially one that places ideals before practical considerations. So I can see right away where the fear of idealism comes from, a rejection of the primacy of the material reality right in front of us certainly is dangerous. Uh, and can lead to clinging to falsehoods and a refusal to change and grow. However, I would argue that having some ideals can still be extremely important, albeit ideals that are open to question, change, and evolution. Looking to the often preferred alternative pragmatism, uh, Webster's Online defines it as an American movement in philosophy marked by the doctrines that the meaning of conceptions is to be sought in their practical bearings, that the function of thought is to guide action, and that truth is preeminently to be tested by the practical consequences of belief. Or the more simple definition says a practical approach to problems and affairs. So you have the idealist who places ideals before practical considerations, and the pragmatist who simply thinks of practical approaches to solving problems. On the surface, that sounds great, but pragmatism has its own inherent issues. For example, who gets to decide what is practical and desirable? Pragmatism left alone is open to all of the dangers of moral relativism. Hitler's Germany was certainly practical to Hitler, Gulags are certainly a practical solution to political dissidents. What is pragmatic is in the eye of the beholder, and good ideals can help prevent such forms of pragmatism. Good ideals are what allow timid people to stand up to bullies, heroes to refuse to go along with evil just to get along in society, firefighters to run into burning buildings, and soldiers to defend the right to free speech even for those they disagree with and those who spit hateful words at them when they return from duty. Problems with idealism arise when we don't constantly question the validity of our ideals and their basis in reality. These dangers are defeated when we allow ourselves and others to be wrong, and rather than becoming entrenched, help each other to grow. This is where we get the concept of the marketplace of ideas, which is not only best for the advancement of knowledge and thought, but best for us as individuals. I have often referred to myself as an objectivist with a lowercase o. Um, objectivism is a philosophy put forth by Ayn Rand, and when you look it up in the dictionary, the definitions that come back are any of various theories asserting the validity of objective phenomena over subjective experience, 
an ethical theory that moral good is objectively real or that moral precepts are objectively valid. And interestingly, there is no mention of Ayn Rand. Instead, the third definition, a 20th century movement in poetry growing out of imagism and putting stress on form. Rand was a fairly stern woman with extremely devoted followers, and many modern objectivists now look to her texts the way that religious groups look to their respective texts as the word of God, never daring to hold the premise but challenge individual conclusions. As a lowercase o objectivist, I tend to believe that physics and philosophy are inextricably connected, that reality and the laws of nature dictate philosophy, or at least should dictate good philosophy. But I don't believe that anyone, Rand included, has perfected full knowledge of objective reality, nor is any human completely free of their own biases. And this is where idealism gets dangerous. When we see a blind adherence to ideals and a refusal to learn, grow, adapt, and change, a refusal to identify error and evolve. Idealism works when we're able to utilize the scientific method, shed old ideas, and form better philosophies. This is why we must constantly challenge both our premises and our conclusions, which leads me to people starting at the conclusion. This is where we start with the conclusion, fall victim to confirmation bias by collecting only information that supports that conclusion, and then enter debate intent on not allowing that conclusion to be challenged. I like to refer to this as mental combat as opposed to mental sparring. In combat, we seek to defeat our enemies with pre-established tactics to defend a pre-established conclusion. However, in sparring, we seek to sharpen our skills. Opponents are also partners and both sides grow. We all have emotional reactions and dig in sometimes. It's important to recognize this when it's happening, step back, interrupt the bias, and challenge ourselves to grow. Idealism can be dangerous, but it can also save us from the dangers of moral relativism. To borrow and paraphrase from the famous boxing trainer Cus D'Amato, it's like fire. It can provide a guiding light or it can burn your house down. That's it for this episode. If you want to get a hold of me with questions, comments, or content requests, you can reach me at, to be honest, I may be wrong at gmail.com or on Instagram at tbh underscore I may be wrong. As always, thanks for listening. And remember, I may be wrong, but that ability to test ideas, learn, and grow is what makes this country great. So be honest, allow yourself to be wrong sometimes, and be fearless in the exercise of your rights.